Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to say hello to all the Pewter people that are watching the show this afternoon as we talk about Rivalry Week. That's right. It is Bucks versus Saints, the most bitter rivalry in the NFC South, in my personal opinion. And first place is on the line with two two and one teams, along with the Atlanta Falcons. But we'll talk about them later on down the road. So we're going to preview this blood feud of a matchup. I'm your host, <laughs> Matt Matera. Join with me live from the Advent Health Training Center is the face that runs the place, Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com. SR, how are we doing? Doing good, Matt. This is going to be a fun game. We're, you know, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, just because I think this is going to be a better measuring stick for the Buccaneers going up against a, a Saints team that I think they're really on par with, as opposed to the Eagles, where they were just simply outclassed and outmatched. I mean, the Eagles, no shame in losing to them. I mean, this is the NFC's champion, right? And yeah, and we'll see if if the Bucks can maintain their NFC South supremacy for a third straight year over the New Orleans Saints. Of course, Tampa Bay won two years ago, Matt, the division, even though they got swept by the Saints. But last year, they finally took care of business, finally ended that uh, supremacy that the Saints had over the Buccaneers, sweeping the Saints, and that really helped them to win the NFC South for a second straight year. Yeah, it really feels like going all the way back to 2020 when the Bucks retired Drew Brees by defeating yeah. uh, the – once you got Drew Brees out of there, it's been all honky-dory for the Bucks yeah. ever since in terms of uh, going up against the New Orleans Saints. But this is a new-look Bucks team, obviously, especially on that offensive side of the football. And to a degree, it was a new-look Saints team with Derek Carr back in the mix. But a lot of things have changed for this week for matchup. Doesn't look like Derek Carr is going to play. So a familiar face that always brings the fireworks every time he's played against the Bucs. Jameis Winston looks like he's going to be starting for the New Orleans Saints against the Bucs on Sunday at the uh, in New Orleans. And also, another familiar face, Alvin Kamara returns from his three-game suspension. So another element that the Bucs absolutely have to factor in and game plan for especially when you look at the way that the Bucs uh, struggled against stopping the run against Philadelphia, who has admittedly a much better line than the uh, New Orleans Saints do. Yeah, and really when you look at this, this Saints offensive line, um, it, it's not very good. All right, They've given up 11 sacks. They've struggled yeah. to score points. You look at their, at their scoring in the first three games, it's not really been impressive whatsoever. Um, they, they've, had, they've had three close games. And they've been on the positive side of those in two of those games. Most recently, uh, losing to the, the, the Packers, they had a 17-0 lead at Lambeau Field. Yeah. And Derek Carr gets hurt. Jameis Winston comes in. He's, he plays okay. But Carr got sacked uh, hard by uh, Rashawn Gary, who had three sacks, two of which were against not Trevor Penning, who is not a very good offensive tackle, their left tackle, first-round pick from a couple years ago. Yeah. No, it was Ryan Ramchek, who's one of the best right tackles in the league. Yeah. He gets schooled by Rashawn Gary, ends up 
getting hurt, uh, Derek Carr does, got slammed to the turf, and he's going to be out for this week is, is everything that we're hearing. But they've, they've served 11 sacks so far. Penning has given up three. He is not a very good left tackle. He's given up 11 pressures so far. Ramchek, as we mentioned, had the two-sack game against Rashawn Gary last week. Uh, Cesar Ruiz has given up a sack at guard. Um, James Hurst, the other guard's given up two sacks. Eric McCoy, the center, has given up two sacks. So this kind of reminds me a little bit of the Bears' front, where mm-hmm. they're going to be soft in the middle, and I think that, that you're going to have to see a, a better game from Vitavea. And I think, too, especially with Trevor Penning, whether it's Shaq Barrett or Joe Tryon-Shoinka or both rushing from that side, I think that the Buccaneers can get back with their sack attack uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, and that'll be one of those games within the games uh, for the Bucs. Because in the past, going up against New Orleans, and obviously Drew Brees was a big difference, and um, there's some of the changes over the past couple of years. But the Bucs, traditionally, in recent years, have had a difficult time getting to whoever New Orleans quarterback is. Now, the one time they did is when Devin White injured Jameis Winston, but then the Saints backup came in and and helped New Orleans defeat Tampa Bay. Yeah, But the Bucs are going to be hoping that it is more like that Bears game where JTS had, as we said, maybe his best game as a uh, as a pass rusher. Shaq Barrett with a huge game, obviously, with that pick six, but also getting to the quarterback, Cam Gill. Right. I mean, you look at that Chicago game, and it was absolutely fantastic, but then you look at the game against the Eagles, between all the outside linebackers, Shaq Barrett, yeah. Yaya Diaby, Nelson, and JTS, they combined for one quarterback hit. Not yeah. a sack, That's one right quarterback hit now with that said the Bucs have nine sacks on the season so they had been getting to the quarterback they had a sack on Jalen Hurts but he slipped mm-hmm. on the play that doesn't necessarily count yeah. <laughs> so it, it's really just a big question of which Bucks pass rush rush shows up on the interior defensive line right we know they're going to blitz Antoine Winfield Jr. we know Devin White's going to get in the mix if they trust uh him health-wise with, with his groin injury but this team is at its best when those outside linebackers are flying off the edge. And that's what I really want to see more than anything else. Yeah, we need to see, and the Bucks need to see, if Joe Tryon-Shoenka really took some steps, made some strides as a pass rusher two weeks ago against the Bears. It, listen, Lane Johnson, Jordan Maleta, they're, they're two of the best offensive tackles in the league. I mean, I you don't want to give anybody a pass, but yeah. it's understandable that Shaq Barrett and – Joe Tryon Schoenka didn't have much success against those guys. However, having said that, they better bounce back this week, and there's going to be some opportunities for them to get after Jameis Winston, who has some ability, some escapability, but he's not like Jordan or uh, Jalen Hurts, and yeah. he's not like Justin Fields either. So I would expect that, that uh, if Tampa Bay is going to have some success, they're going to do so uh, by rushing uh, the passer and getting to Jameis Winston. And either sacking him or forcing him into some errant throws. You know, Jameis Winston had three fourth quarter interceptions at the end of the week two loss to Tampa Bay last year. The Bucs mm-hmm. won 20 to 10, in part due to a pick six from Mike Edwards, who did that a couple times in Tampa Bay. He was uh, certainly well adept at not just getting interceptions, but taking them to the house. We remember that uh, interception. Uh, pair of interceptions he had against Matt Ryan and the Falcons in week two back in, in 2021. So um, there was not a good day for Jameis Winston. He threw a, a pair of picks to Jamil Dean in week two. Not sure if Dean's going to be there, and maybe we should spend a, a second or two talking about the injuries. Uh, Dean had a couple picks in week two against Jameis Winston. Then you had a, a, a forced fumble. And a fumble recovery by Carlton Davis on yep. Chris Olave. And we're not sure about either corner right now, Matt. No, we're not. Um, Todd Bowles using a word that I've never heard Todd Bowles say before. I'm familiar with the word. But he, in, in, in describing Jamel Dean, whether or not he's going to play, said that it's iffy for yeah. Mel Dean. Which, hearing a football coach say iffy yeah. never sounds like a good thing. Right. Um, for Carlton Davis, he said that... Davis told him, meaning Bowles, that he is feeling better. Yeah. And Bowles is kind of like, I won't believe it until I see him actually run. So at this right. point on Wednesday, whatever day it is, at this yeah. point on Wednesday, it sounds like Carlton is closer to playing on Sunday than Jamel Dean is. 
He yeah. also gave an update on Kalijah Kansi, who just said he's progressing well. Does that mean yeah. he's going to play this Sunday? Todd Bowles is a big will see type of guy, and you yeah. won't, you won't really get that answer. Um, we understand until, that. Yeah, and we understand that. Kalijah Kansi probably a heady player. Um, yeah. The more that he <laughs> gets gets to go and play, but yeah, that's yeah. An injury update. The injury report should probably come out. Maybe by the time this podcast is is over, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, two corners going down. Yeah, I don't really care who the quarterback is when you have a talented guy like Chris Olave, who we talked a lot about on yesterday's show. Um, not a pretty look for the Bucks secondary. Yeah, and, and at the same time, too, even D. Delaney had um, he got nicked up at the end of that game, but yeah. Todd Bowles was encouraged by the fact he returned what? to action and and played on some special teams in the fourth quarter. But today's practice was really a walkthrough, so it, yeah. You know they're they're still kind of healing up from that Monday night game, so I, they're really only going to have two practices: the Thursday practice, which tomorrow, which will probably be more full go, and then they'll probably dial it down a little bit on Friday, and then you got to walk through at the stadium on Saturday once they fly into New Orleans, and then it's game time again. So, yeah, um, I, I would suspect that we're going to see a lot of, of game time decisions again, and. Uh, and not just who's going to play, but who's really feeling good, right? I mean, we saw Vita Vea play that yeah. game on Monday night with a pectoral injury. We saw Devin White play with a groin injury. You know, how much healing time and, and time in the training room can they get between now and Sunday to where they're going to be playing better than they did against the Eagles? Because what they did against the Eagles was not quite good enough, as I mentioned yeah. in, in today's two-point conversion. Uh, it was a... It was a, a you know a nighttime game for the Buccaneers on Monday, Matt. But the stars didn't shine. We didn't see no. Anton Winfield, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, Devin White, um, you know Levante David had thirteen tackles. But you know when, when you're running more, you know seven yards down the field after yeah. the Eagles already <laughs> chanted down your throat. So yeah, yeah. when the Eagles I'm, when the Eagles have seventy eight plays on offense, you're going to have thirteen tackles. Or at least yeah, the the. Complete different ends of the spectrum of the amount of plays that the Eagles offense had versus the amount of plays that the uh, that the Bucks had on offense was uh, pretty eye opening and yeah. disparaging. But to your point about the injuries, I mean, even just looking at the snap count from yesterday's game, this one a little bit of a tweak because Devin White is usually one of those guys in the hundred percenter club, as I like yeah. to call it, of playing every single snap. Now he played ninety five percent of the snaps, so it wasn't right. like he wasn't on the field that much. But with Vita Vea, the percentage of his snaps came down ever so slightly. But they played a lot more Will Golson. They played a lot of Mike Green. And Logan Hall had the most snaps out of any interior defensive yeah. lineman. Greg Gaines got in the mix a lot more. Uh, but, you know, going back and watching that game, and as it pertains to going up against the Saints, I understand that the Saints' offensive line is weaker than usual. But yeah. Logan Hall was getting pushed around a fair he amount was. that yep. last game. And so was Mike Green. So outside yeah. of Vita Vea, I'm not exactly sure how much of an advantage the Bucs have on that interior defensive line besides Vita going up against that Saints group. I'd almost like to see even a little bit more of Greg Gaines. Yeah. And let's see what Will Golson has. Because I, I feel agree. like Will Golson right now, he at least knows how to take on double teams. Yes. And while he struggled last season with getting to the passer, yeah. I, I kind of like Will Golson's veteran experience knowing how to take on a double team, I agree. attacking the defensive line versus – Logan Hall and Mike Green yeah. still trying to get into that mix and, right. and and get a feel for the game. That's a great point, Matt. And and outside of Levante David, nobody's played the New Orleans Saints more than Will Golston, right? So he yeah. he knows what 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 the Saints want to do on offense, and he and he's played against Alvin Kamara and and some of those offensive linemen that have been around there for for some time, uh, quite a bit. So yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more Will Golston too. Maybe even start him, right? Maybe even kind of. Um, split the the playing time between a Mike Green and a Will Golston, right? Yeah. But give Will the start. Give him that little bit of of uh you know boost like Celsius gave me today. I had the, the Oasis vibe, which is one of my afternoon favorites. On Wednesday, Matt, you know, I'm an older guy. Um it's a two Celsius day for me. I had the orange this morning and the Oasis vibe here. Why don't you tell us all about Celsius, Matt? Yeah, obviously we love Celsius. I started my day off with Celsius as well. I had the um, orange pomegranate. That was my uh, that was my morning beverage oh, on the way choice. to the yeah, uh, yeah very good choice. Fox facility, but there's no sugar, no uh, post energy drink crash or jitters. 
that you get with other products out there. There's obviously an assortment of flavors from the Oasis vibe to the sparkling lemon lime. Um, the Arctic vibe is my personal favorite. The newest one is the Cosmic vibe. But if you need to know where to find one, and that's a sparkling fruit punch, by the way. If you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, that's when you go uh, to the store locator on the Celsius website. Punch in your address. It doesn't really matter where you are in the country, and it'll tell you tell you your closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It could be a Walgreens, a Walmart, 7-Eleven, health and fitness store, or a bodega. Bodega. And uh, if you have Celsius, you like it, and you want more, I'd recommend getting that variety pack. And if you need to get it in bulk, which I recommend, that's when you go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, get that variety pack, because variety is the spice of life. And you can have it sent to your residence Whenever you want, it's uh, your call. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want. Just make sure you're having Celsius and make Celsius your number one pick, the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast. Yep. Angle uh, with, with a good uh, comment here. And uh, this is why Kalaja Kansi being out for so long is crippling to our D-line so far. Granted, we don't know what you can really do. However, we still need to see something soon. Yes. And we asked about Kalaja Kansi today. And you mentioned, Matt, that, uh, you know, Todd Bowles didn't rule him out. So um, we'll, we'll see what his status is. Uh, you know, it, I, with him and with Carlton Davis, especially with that toe injury, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say don't play him. But, man, it's like you're so close to that bye week where, gosh, after the bye week, I would think Carlton Davis's toe should be feeling great if he doesn't play, or at least a heck of a lot better. And you'd have to think that if Kalaja Kansi doesn't play this week with another week off, you've got to think he's going to be ready to go after that, that uh, time yeah. playing the Lions. So I agree with that. But another thought I had was, and depending on how close they are, which – we don't totally know at this point, but right. saying that they're kind of close knowing that they have a week off after this game, would it yeah. almost be better? Maybe even for someone like Kalijah, that's still getting NFL experience, right? To activate him yep. play him, play him a little him bit yeah. count, and then right. know that he has another week to recover. So he doesn't have to immediately get banged up yeah. and go out and play again. It's almost like a, in, in an odd sense, it's the regular season game and it matters, mm -hmm. but it's almost like a, a warm up for him to go out and play. And then, bam, you get that rest again. Yeah. And then you go for the long haul after that. I don't know. This yep. is something I'm curious of. We'll see how the Bucks yep. go about it. But we talked a lot about the defensive line. Well, actually, if, if, if I can, real quick, Matt, the injury report just came out. So we'll stay on topic here for a quick cool. second. So, and, and it says the Buccaneers conducted a walkthrough. The practice report is an estimation. So the good news is, is they had Carlton Davis with his toe injury as a limited participant. So, like, as you mentioned, seeing some progress there. Jamel Dean with the neck and shoulder, and it looked like a stinger, right? That's that's kind of what we, we said in the press box when yeah. Jamel was kind of like holding that, that shoulder down, coming off the field, looked like a stinger. With his neck and shoulder injury, did not participate. All these other players did not participate uh, Did not participate today. Servasier uh, Dennis with the hamstring. And that's to be expected. He missed the uh, last couple games as well. Kalaja Kansi with the calf. Derek Pitts with a hamstring. That's kind of new. Uh, Vita Vea with a pectoral injury and Devin White. They list him with a foot injury, not a groin injury. So that's interesting. Um, and there's no D, there's no D Delaney. So maybe D Delaney's a full go then for, for Sunday. You know what's odd is when we were interviewing Devin White after the game, he was like – still putting his shoes on and he put mm -hmm. one shoe on and then he held on to his other shoe and like conducted <laughs> questions and answered stuff. I thought it was just like, yeah. you know, a lot more reporters came over after and he just like didn't have a second, <laughs> but now I'm curious if it had something to do with the right. foot injury that went on and the bucks did work out two corners today. Yes. And now seeing that Derek Pitts is on the list as well. Todd Cole said are, yeah. that they're, they're not going to make a decision yet, but if, right. If it comes to adding a, another corner, if they have to, if yeah. the guys aren't ready, then they will. Now you add another corner into the mix on this uh, right. injury report. And, uh, yeah, I think we may be seeing a transaction sooner yeah. rather than later. William Jackson the third, who is a first-round draft pick out of University of Houston, uh, played there long before Logan Hall did. But because he was a first-round pick back in 2016 with the, the Bengals, he was in for a workout as well as Tay Hayes, 
who has bounced around the league on, on several uh, teams. Interesting that Tay Hayes is only 5'9", about 180 pounds. That's not typically a Todd Bowles-type corner. Mm. Um, and then you've got uh, William Jackson, six foot, about 189 pounds. So, again, you know, kind of a smaller corner. Really interesting because Todd typically likes those bigger, longer corners. But, um, you know, we'll see. I even asked Josh Hayes today, who is uh, a reserve cornerback, if he's done any cross training and outside corner in case they need him, he said, not yet. All of his reps have come in the slot where he's backing up uh, Christian Isian. But, you know, he he has played outside corner. He did that North Dakota State. He's played some safety. He's played some nickel at Kansas State. So in a pinch, he could go out there and do it. Um, but, yeah, we might see a transaction. I, I think they might wait until – well, gosh, you know what? It's, it's tough, Matt, because – if you wait until tomorrow to see who participates in practice, then you're bringing on a new corner, whether it's William Jackson or Tay Hayes, for Friday's practice, and then you have a walkthrough on Saturday. Is that enough time to get either one of those guys into this defensive mix and, and understand the game plan? Probably not. Especially Todd Bowles' defense, where they're, right. you're asked of a lot of stuff. Now, obviously, Todd Bowles is, is smart. I mean, he told us today that he knows – defense uh we'll yeah. play that clip later on but i think if if it comes down to the situation where they have to play significant minutes he would obviously alter the defense a ton where he's not going to be like oh no you got to have the same communication as the safety on the other side right. or you know all the different stuff because we've seen blown coverages before even with the 11 starters that have been here yeah. for a while even going back Carlton to Davis in that playoff game you know he blew a coverage so a exactly so if they are still messing it up here and there we saw it in the first game against the Vikings too yeah. I don't think Bowles who is the, he's been more aggressive this season but overall yeah. is a little a bit more of a conservative conservative coach isn't yeah. going to put those guys in that scenario where uh, they could really right. screw it up well, uh, our Saints coverage, we're just starting to dive into it right now. We've got plenty to go here in the rest of the show, uh, but it's going to continue tomorrow, too. We've got a special guest on tomorrow. We've got WFLA's Eileen Natchik on. She is a new WFLA reporter with our partners, News Channel 8. And uh, Eileen has is, is, uh, got an interesting story because she covered the Saints for a couple of years. She's a Tampa native and played volleyball at Bishop McLaughlin here in Tampa and then went to East Carolina and played volleyball and I think some basketball too. And so she's, she's a jock. She knows sports and then went to cover the LSU Tigers in the state of Louisiana, as well as the New Orleans saints. So she brings good insight covering the Buccaneers. She's been here since training camp started. So she's been with WFLA back here in, in Tampa covering the Buccaneers camp preseason into the start of the season here, but she also has that Saints intel, so make sure that you tune in tomorrow at 4 o'clock. NFC South is on the line in this game, Bucks versus Saints. Saints have already played an NFC South opponent. This is the Bucks' first divisional game of the year, and then really they don't play another division game till later in the year. So if if Tampa Bay, Matt, if they can get a, a 3-1 to one, Start heading into the bye week plus a one nothing lead in the division. That that certainly sets them up for a pretty good start to the season. Yeah, one hundred percent, and very excited to have Eileen on, especially with uh, just her seeing both worlds of it, the Saints yeah. uh, and the and the Buccaneers. And she's been great to talk to and super yeah. cool ever since she came to the Tampa media. But yeah, this is you've heard some of the players say it. Like Baker talked about it today. Chris Godwin as well, a little bit too, where, you know, every game's important. They, they treat it the same. Baker said, this is the type of game that you circle. Yeah. But they also understand while they obviously want to win this game and jump out to a three, one lead or three and one record. There's still a lot more time where if they were going to lose, they could still make up a lot of that ground. And yeah. that's all true. But yeah. I really look at it. And we mentioned on yesterday's show a little bit, you beat the Vikings, you beat the Bears. That's two wins against NFC teams. Yeah, yep. you lost to the Eagles, but you win again. You're one and on the NFC South. Mm -hmm. You're three and one just yes. against the NFC. That's right. That's gonna go a long way for a team that we predict is going to be eight and nine, maybe nine and eight. Yeah. Those nine wins, if let's just say six or seven of them are against NFC teams, right? That's going to make a difference. No one thinks mm -hmm. of it now. But that's going to make a big difference at the end of the season when you go, man, I wish they would have beat 
blah, 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 this team, that right. team, that team. Like, if they would have lost to the Bears in week two, man, yeah. they should have had that game against the Bears that mm-hmm. would have given them the tiebreaker against Green Bay or, or whoever it is. So, yeah. yes, there's a long way to go, but this game is a little bit more meaningful than just two NFC yeah. South teams that don't like each other. Agreed. And you look at the Saints and their schedule, and when I say they've had some close games, I'm not kidding. They beat the Tennessee Titans yeah. 16-15 to 15 in week one. Then and that was a home game. Then they went on the road to play the Panthers, and they won that game 20-17 to 17 against the winless Panthers team. And they had a 17-0 lead last week and blew it in the fourth quarter, allowing the Packers to score the final 18 points. They lost 18-17. And what's interesting is if you look at these scores, right, 16 points, 20 points, yeah. and then I, I want to say 17, but it's really 10 points from the offensive side because – their X factor this year is a guy by the name of Rashid Shahid. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know this guy, you will on on Sunday. He might be the fastest player on the field, and that includes Jamel Dean if he plays. This kid has got some wheels. He had a 76-yard punt return for a touchdown against the Packers that that allowed the, the Packers to, to get out to that 17-0 lead. So New Orleans has always had a really good special teams unit not just kicking and punting, but coverage and return units as well. And this guy, is a, he's a real challenge to, to cover as a, a punt returner. And we saw the Bucks struggle last week with Britton Covey. I said yeah. last week, it was Monday. But Britton Covey had some big returns against that Bucks punt coverage unit. And they really got to be mindful about getting this guy pinned in and then making the tackle because Rashid Shahid, who also – is not just a, a special teams yeah. return guy. He's got nine catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown on the season, plus three carries for 11 yards. And he's got a 17-yard receiving average. They will find ways to get him the ball, throwing it deep, wide receiver screens, end rounds, and also on punt returns. Yeah, first of all, Rashid Shahid is just a great name to say. It's a it great, yeah, it's a very fun name it. to say. And hey, he's putting up Chris Godwin numbers with the uh, <laughs> with yeah. the limited amount of catches <laughs> right. and the receiving yards as well. But yeah, he's become a bit of a deep threat already with that speed, as you just talked about. Has more touchdowns than Chris Godwin on the yeah. season, if you want to count that two point conversion. Um, but if I'm Todd Bowles, not even Keith Armstrong. If I'm yeah. Todd Bowles, I'm going to Jake Camarda, who we know can boot the ball deep, right? I'm very concerned about this punt coverage still. Yep. I'm telling Jake Camarda, punt the ball out of bounds. Either yep. kick it that deep or with a little more hang time where the rest of the gunners and everybody can get down and force him yep. to make a fair catch or punt that ball out of bounds. I don't even want to risk <laughs> Rashid Shahid, um, you know, returning and getting into yeah. great field position or scoring a touchdown because – in these close games that the Bucs have been in, and as we just pointed out with the Saints, right, the smallest thing could be the biggest difference. Yep. For the game last year in New Orleans, it was the interceptions in the fourth quarter, the big plays at the end. In this one, very much could be special teams that wins the game for either the Bucs or Agreed. the Saints, eliminated from the game, or yep. from this game specifically. I'm a big fan of special teams. I think there sure. should be more involved in the game. Yeah. Punt the ball out of bounds, Jake Kamara. You know there's, no, there's no harm in it. Hey, if you want to knock a punt 60, 70 yards and, and give him a touchback, I don't care about that. Sure, it's it's nice to pin him deep inside the 10-yard line. I trust Todd Bowles' defense to defend 80 yards, Matt, right? I, yeah. Like, like if, if you want to just say, Saints, start the ball at the 20 on punts, that's fine. I, to me, I would rather do that than, than take my chances with a guy who has got game-breaking speed. And uh, – you know, I, I again, whether it's 80 yards, 90 yards, I trust Todd Bowles' defense to put the clamps on an offense that has really struggled. I mean, to score points. So they do get Alvin Kamara back this week. Yeah. Uh, he'll be a l- little bit, you know, uh, of a problem. But to be perfectly frank with you, I, I know Todd Bowles is scared to death of Alvin Kamara. They've done a really good job against him. It's in been most Taysom of the Hill. recent games. Yeah. yeah, it's been Taysom Hill that's been a little bit more of the right. uh, the thorn in their side. And obviously, he's a big factor in that offense. And I feel like they might even utilize him just a little bit more now that Jameis is probably going to be the starter. They're going to have to find another way to kind of yeah. trick this Bucks team or mm-hmm. just keep keep the Bucks going horizontal and, yeah. 
and uh, you know, come up with different ways. Because so far, the rushing game really hasn't been great for. I know right. it's been terrible for the Bucks. Hasn't been great for the Saints either through three games. Uh, they had 69 rushing yards in their first game against the Titans. Did much better against Carolina with uh, 134. But then they dropped down to 77 again um, against the Packers last week. So it hasn't really been like the Saints are running the ball that efficiently. Now, Kamara can make a big difference with it. But we'll see going into this one. We got a super chat um, from Christopher Cole. Thank you so much for the 499 super chat who says, Do you all think we should start Leverett at left guard and Stinney at right guard? if the starters don't improve. Yeah, you know, um, I'm, not in, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, I would give Malk and Filer a little bit more time. I mean, th they face the toughest test that, that they're going to face all year outside of the 49ers down the road. And we'll see how much this offensive line has improved by the time they get to San Fran, which is what, late November, early December, I think? Yeah. It's, it's later in the season. Yes. So this Eagles, you know, test in week three was it was a wake-up call for sure um I, I think if you're looking for a positive i mean luke edicky right i mean he's mm -hmm. played really well at right tackle and and we i talked to to Gedeke today i'll have an interview with him in my srs fab five on friday and tristan worse was even telling me he's like hey man you know he erased hassan reddick you didn't hear reddick's name at all absolutely and, true on Monday night and and Tristan of course is doing a, a great job as expected we we knew he was going to be uh you know a pro bowl caliber left tackle sooner rather than later and he's he's played really well I remember doing the training camp diary with Tristan this summer and this is kind of what he was talking about you know having to go you know see a therapist and you know sports yeah. psychologist and get his confidence up and all that I'm like Tristan you do realize you can jump out of a pool right like you're <laughs> you're a mutant you're you're a yeah. superhero, right? And he starts laughing. I said, you're going to be fine at left tackle. He's like, well, keep keep telling me that because I need to hear it. But, man, no, Tristan, look at the game film, dude. Like, you're really, really good wherever you play in that line. But, yes, you know, to this point, um, Matt, uh, you know, I, I like Nick Leverett in a pinch. And and we saw, too, with, with the transition from, from right side of the ball to left side of the ball, from tackle to guard, from yeah. small school to the NFL, what it did to Lou Gedeke last year. And I think Cody Malk is probably a little further ahead, especially even in pass protection yeah, than, so than Gedeke was. So I'm not going to press that button just yet. But you know, Matt, we'll see how, how Gedeke, or I'm sorry, how, how Malk and Filer fare this week. Hmm. and maybe against the Lions, but I'm not opposed to switching out starters because it did work last year. Nick Leverett did play better yeah. than Luke Gedeke down the stretch. And there, and I think you just need a bigger sample size more than yeah. anything else. I think it's way yeah. too early to start making a, a move. Now, last year, we kind of felt that the Bucks took too long to make a move. So where right. exactly is the right answer? Is it one more game going to the bye? I don't necessarily think so. And yeah. I think it's important, and you just touched on it a little bit with, with Cody Mauk. Let's remember, the Bucks' offensive line, pass protection-wise, they only allowed one sack against the Vikings, yeah. which Baker Mayfield admitted was his fault. Yeah. They kept them mm -hmm. clean against, uh, against the Bears in Week 2, and then obviously everything we talked about with Philly having a great defensive line got to Baker a, a couple of times. But overall, I don't think the pass blocking has been porous by any right. means. The run blocking has to do much, much better, but that goes across the board for really yeah. everybody. So uh, I'm encouraged from Cody Mauk and, and Matt Filer. I don't think it's been egregious by any yeah. means, at least in pass protection, and that's half the battle right there right. with the offensive line. So I think especially after the bye going up against Detroit, I think that will be uh, yes. you know a huge a huge uh, factor yeah. and, and something to stand on. And then maybe after that Detroit game, because you would have – uh, five played games at that point with still a long way to go, then maybe you reassess or maybe after the following week. But yeah. I, I just think it's a little bit too early right now, but keep it on the mind too. I agree. And, and I agree with Engel here and, and also with uh, with Wayne. Robert Hainsey has been the weak link. And I think Josh Capo pointed that out. Yeah, he did. Uh, the, the week prior to the Eagles game, just based on the first two games of films. And, you know, I like Nick Leverett, Matt. I think you and I, we've talked about this here at, at One Buck Place. We, we like Nick Leverett, but we like him better at guard as opposed yeah. to center, right? So can Nick play center? Yeah, he's the backup center, but 
I'm not ready to sit there and, and plug and play him right there at, you know, at center for Robert Hainsey. But, you know, if, if Hainsey's play does not improve, I think Jason Light has got to go out and find another center next year, whether it's in the draft and there will be some good ones, actually. Or, as Jason is prone to do, uh, draft a, an offensive lineman and move him inside to center, right? He's done that before with Ali Marped, who played center one year after being, uh, you know, a, a right guard in Tampa Bay, a left tackle at Hope College. Robert Hainsey has moved from right tackle in there at, uh, at Colorado State Pueblo. Um, Ryan Jensen, before he was an undrafted free agent with the Ravens, was a left tackle. So you don't have to sit there and draft the center, but I'm not opposed to drafting a center either if he can really, really play, and he's one of those, those guys. Um, but I, I think Hainsey's got to play better. I, I agree with that. I almost would kind of like the Bucks to go back to finding kind of like what they did with signing Ryan Jensen in the first place, finding like a veteran or a guy that's been in the league for a couple of years. That's like fully ready to break out. Now that doesn't happen all of the time and you got to get a little bit lucky with it, but they've gone the route of developing guys the past couple of years. And obviously you have to with the draft. That's just kind of the nature of what the NFL is with with the salary cap and and keeping everyone um, under it for sure. But um, they've identified a weakness for sure. And I can't see Leverett doing it. I've spoken to Cody Malk about it before. He said he's like, he'll play anywhere, but I don't think this season is the time to move Cody Malk to center as he's still understanding how to play offensive guard um, in this league. But who knows? Maybe Hainsey can, can turn it around a little bit. You know, we've seen players improve in the past it's just a matter of how quickly can you start improving because the bucks much like uh if they want to make a change at offensive guard they don't have all day to do it i think timing really hurt the bucks last season with making certain moves especially with get and and leverett they can't wait too long especially if they drop this game to the saints then the clock's ticking even more yeah, for sure. Uh, Josh Blackburn brings up a good point about Marcus May. Uh, he is one of their playmaking safeties. He is out for performance-enhancing drugs. He will. He was suspended last week, and he'll miss this game as well. So that certainly helps out the Buccaneers. I think May was one of their their big guys uh, last year in terms of making plays. And if you look statistically speaking, right now he is the uh, fourth leading tackler. He has a sack. He also has an interception and a pass breakup. So he's really one of their their big-time playmakers. And so that that probably helps Tampa Bay for sure without that. And and uh, we, can, we can also state clearly that if you go back and you remember the, the fight between Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore, and we'll kind of get into this more with Eileen Natchik tomorrow from WFLA, uh, who will be our guest on, on the show. Um, this Evans Lattimore <laughs> feud goes back years, years, and uh, we hope that Mike will be restrained enough to not get uh, tossed out of the game. But if you remember, it started with with Marcus, where with actually with uh, with Marcus May and Tom Brady getting into each other's face, mm-hmm. and then Lattimore came over, and then Evans didn't like Lattimore at all, but he didn't like him being near Tom Brady, so he shoves him. <laughs> And then you've got Marcus May, who throws a haymaker at at uh, Mike Evans, and that's really where things just kind of took off. And of course, there's Tom just watching because you know he's the one to get involved in that. But then, um, it, then all of a sudden, you know, Marcus Lattimore is like, "Wait a minute, Mike Evans shoved me. I'm going to get back into it." So now, now Mike gets double teamed with with Marcus May and Marshawn Lattimore, and then all, all of a sudden, the uh, the, the, the melee. Yeah, because uh, Leonard you know. Fournette was involved in that uh, yeah. a little yeah. bit. But you know what? Like, I think Mike will be fine. I don't think he's going to take the bait. But then yeah. you also got to remember, you know, Brady can, will get in guys' faces. Everyone remembers the Super Bowl when he's screaming at Tyron Matthew, right. who, of right. course, will be involved in this game, too. Yep. But Baker Mayfield talks even more crap than, than Brady does. And we've already right. seen him, you know, say the thing to the Vikings player. We saw him last week and all fired up when he got hit out of bounds yeah. in the in the Pairs game. Baker might be the one to ignite yeah, something in this true. game with uh, with his attitude. Yeah, as Hezo813 says, Mike will be on his best behavior. He's in a contract here. That's, that's probably a good point. 
Uh, Darius Miller says Adebo, Paulson Adebo is dealing with a hamstring injury. He might be out. Yeah, let's let's run down the Saints injuries as well. Now, they did not have a walkthrough because they played on Sunday, so they actually had a real practice. They had several players not participating. Paulson Adebo, one of their starting corners, was one of them. Derek Carr with his right shoulder injury was another. Jimmy Graham and Ryan Ramchek, the two older guys, the tight end and the right tackle, they didn't participate, but that was just a rest day. Then you had uh, Jordan Howden, who's a, a safety, uh, reserve safety. He was, was out with a, a finger injury. Foster Moreau, the tight end, is out with an ankle injury. And then, of course, Cesar Ruiz, who suffered a concussion, and that forced Andres Pete into last week's game. He did not participate. So I would assume probably not going to see Cesar Ruiz for this game either. There's a chance Paulson Adebo with that hamstring. Then we, we mentioned Marcus May. So – Bucks dealing with some big injuries. So were the Saints. Derek Carr, Adebo, Ruiz. Those are some Maybe, guys you know, probably yeah. not going to play. So uh, it you know it's a week four. It's early, but already a couple of key starters probably not going to be playing for either team. That's just the nature of the injury bug. Unfortunately, it happens to every team, and that's why sometimes at the end of the season, when you get into the playoffs, it's. Yeah. Who's playing well at the time and who has the least amount of injuries? It just unfortunately happens to everyone. That's why depth is so important. And yeah. I know the Bucs have been criticized at times for their depth at certain positions, namely at cornerback, where they seem to get injuries all the time, including yeah. this season right now. Offensive line as well, not being able to, to make those adjustments or those changes yeah. on the line that they want to. And that's just uh, just this nature of the beast sometimes. It's, yeah. it's the battle that every team has to go through, and we'll see if the Bucs can, can make the most of it on Sunday. Yeah, there's two kinds of, of attrition. There's injuries, right, That where you just you, you lose guys due to injury, and that, that happens during the season. But the Saints had a different kind of attrition. They had free agency attrition because the Saints – with with you know having all of that cap room necessary to acquire Derek Carr in the trade from the Las Vegas Raiders, they really had to kind of gut this defense, Matt, and and really yeah. kind of say, okay, Dennis Allen, you know you're the defensive genius as the head coach. You better scheme this up. They lost a ton of talent up front. Trey Hendrickson, you know he went to the the Bengals, Bengals. Uh, last year, but but um, they lost even more players. Marcus Davenport. Uh, went to the Minnesota Vikings. They lost their defensive tackles. It really is a revamped unit up front. You still have old man Cam Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. And and uh, we were talking with uh, Tristan Werps and and uh, Luke Gedeke about that uh, in terms of of going up against them. And and uh, uh, Tristan was was giving Luke all kind of tips and tricks about how to to play against Cam Jordan, who he's battled with ever since entering the league and. In 2020, but you have old man Cam Jordan. You've got uh, old man Demario Davis, who is kind of on the way down. Still a good player, uh, one of my favorite NFL players, but yeah, still on the way down a little bit. And and then you're looking at, um, you know, Tyron Matthew, who's kind of a little bit long in the tooth, but they've got some new faces up front. Carl Granderson was a backup. He leads the team with two and a half sacks. I liked him coming out of Wyoming. He's he's a capable pass rusher. But then they drafted a couple guys. Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, who's a backup edge rusher. Brian Breesey, their first-round pick. Yeah, He's rotating in with Nathan Shepard and, and Kalen Saunders up front. So it's, it's a lot of new pieces. Their linebacking core, still kind of the same. Demario Davis. Pete Werner, Zach Vaughn up front, you know, in that that uh, that second level. But it really is kind of a, a new defensive line outside of Cam Jordan up front. It is, and we'll see if the Bucs can take advantage of that. I, I'm not exactly sure what to make of the Saints' defense just yet. They do have yeah. eight sacks on the season. That's only one less than the Buccaneers. And, and points per game-wise, really not bad at all. You know, right. they allowed 15 to Tennessee – um, and 17 to Carolina and then 18 to the Packers. Yep. But also Tennessee's offense looks like it's going to be in shambles by the yes. end of the year. And Carolina, I know it's so early, but like Andy Dalton almost right now looks like the better option yes. uh, than Bryce Young, who's injured at the time and obviously has right. to develop and he's the number one quarterback. They're not going to. You're right. It, it's just tough, right? It's like if you're, you know, if you're Adam Thielen and you join the Pack or the, yeah. the Panthers, right? And, and you're, you know, some of those holdover players uh, that Carolina has, you know, do you, 
do you want to win now? Andy Dalton's yeah. your guy, or do you want to just develop for the future and take your lumps? That's right. But that's a, that's a long way of saying it's like, has the Saints defense truly been battle tested yet? Because yeah. like Green Bay, yeah, they look good against the Bears yeah. defense, which awarded love, but it's the Bears defense. I mean, even the Bucks looked good yeah. against the Bears. And I don't even know how much of a challenge for the Saints that the yeah. Bucks offense is going to be this week, right. given all the struggles that Tampa Bay has had, whether it's running the football, whether it's getting Chris Godwin involved, whether, mm-hmm. whether it's really finding another option outside of Mike Evans because Kate Otten didn't do much last game. Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins both combined for two catches, even though Trey Palmer was on for like 5 or 6% less yeah. of the snaps than Mike Evans and just didn't get targeted. Devin Tompkins got more targets than Trey Palmer. So yeah. Buck's got a lot of answers that uh, they need to solve. Yeah, and if you're looking for answers when it comes to your finances, well, we want you to, to check out Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. I've already been to Colorado, had a great time there, took my wife to Denver for a 10th year anniversary, and uh, and now I'm going to Montana, some big sky country during the bye week. I'm looking forward to that, Matt. We're going to freeze Yeehaw. our ass off. It's, it's going to be cold, uh, but we're going to get a little taste of fall by going up there. But listen, folks, whether you're saving for a vacation or saving for your kids' college tuitions or saving for your retirement, Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give Immuni Financial a call at 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Or visit them on the web at immuni.com. All right, we are excited to be joined by Eric Gross of the Eric Gross Group, who is, uh, he was actually at that that Bucks-Eagles game. Uh, hey, there's Eric. How are you doing, Eric? Good, guys. How about you? Doing good. Doing really good. Hello. So Eric Gross Group uh, is, is the official <clears throat> realtor of, of Pewter Report. We're going to talk to Eric here for a little bit. Uh, he's got a special promotion that all Tampa Bay fans should should be interested in. We'll get to that in a second. But uh eric big game this week but first let's talk about your fan experience you were there on monday yeah. night um probably maybe in a sea of green it looked like it was a 60 40 <laughs> split between eagles and bucks fans unfortunately yeah i know my wife wasn't having fun because i uh i had a couple beers going uh into the stadium i'm not gonna lie and yeah. uh there was an Eagles fan and some overalls sitting next to us screaming at everything. <laughs> and uh, it took everything in me not to say something, man. I was like, yeah. the whole time I'm just thinking, like, maybe I should ask him if, like, they beat uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl like we have. But right. I would I would yeah. Yeah. Or you could say, are you undefeated in the Super Bowl, which they're not? And do they have two exactly. Super Bowl rings like Tampa Bay does, which they don't? Yep. Yep. So, no, it was it was a blast. I, I did hate the Eagles fans, but, yeah. you know, I thought Rondé had their – his digs at halftime, so I like that. That was uh, <laughs> yes. that almost made it worth it. Eric, did yes. it cross your mind at all because because it's a Monday night game and it was an hour earlier compared to the eight o'clock? But that's still like a late night game. It takes forever to get out of the stadium. You got to work the next day. Was there any thought of not going to this game or just it's such a spectacle? It's the Bucks prime time. I gotta go. I mean, I'll go to any Bucks game. Like I, to me, it's not. You know, it's not. There's nothing that's going to keep me from it. I can understand maybe why some fans didn't. I think Eagles fans travel really well. They always have. I think, uh, you know, I think there was people that you, if you paid for two years of season tickets, you might want to just try and sell and, and make a little bit a little bit back on that. So yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to you know to blame Tampa Bay fans for you know, for, for not cashing in like that and probably, you know, going there to maybe see a loss. It'd be fun if, if it was a big upset, of course. I mean, anything can happen. That's why they play the games. Look at the Cowboys losing to the Cardinals, you know, and, and right. Josh Dobbs. So, <laughs> you know, that's why they call it any given Sunday or Monday because anything can happen. But uh, just yeah. this is this is interesting here. We'll just put this up since it's newsworthy. Carr was the one 
who did the quarterback interview today in New Orleans, not Jameis. So, you know, maybe maybe Derek Carr is still in play a little bit. We'll see about that shoulder. Or it could be just trying to keep Tampa Bay confused and making Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers have to burn even more time to study the Carr film, study the Jameis film. But as, as, as Todd Bowles said today, they're studying the Saints offense, right? Yeah. Not just the quarterback tendencies because both of those guys kind of pocket passers. And, um, you know, and, and I, I've not been terribly impressed with Derek Carr this year. Uh, when, I, when, when, you know, he was signed by the, by the Saints, I, I didn't look at that as a huge threat per se. Matter of fact, Baker Mayfield is the only quarterback in the NFC South, including Andy Dalton and Derek Carr, that has a playoff win under his belt. Your thoughts, Eric? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I actually haven't hated the way Baker has played. Um, I really didn't think the Eagles game wasn't great uh, yeah. from him. But to be honest, I think that was just kind of a that was going to be a tough matchup no matter what. The Eagles Eagles D line was was really good. I thought uh, I, I might have celebrated prematurely when Mike dropped that touchdown pass. So uh, <laughs> yeah. man, that, the crowd went like I, like everybody thought it was a touchdown, and my wife's yeah. like tapping me on the shoulder, and I'm just like screaming. And then she's like, "No, yeah, he dropped it." And I was like, "No way!" So yeah. I think the game got out of hand uh, in the second half, but I was actually I was pretty happy with the way they played in the first half. I mean, the Eagles had a, a longer – they played Thursday night the week before. They had longer right. to prepare for it. And I thought yeah. – I mean, truthfully, I thought the Bucks didn't play terrible in the first half. I didn't think it was yeah. – you know, they were there besides the Rashad White fumble. I thought yeah. they had a chance. Um, I'd like our run game to not suck. I'm thinking about maybe beefing back up to 300 pounds <laughs> and seeing if Jason Light needs a, a left tackle again. But um, <laughs> we'll see. Well, yeah, they yeah. might they might use you at center. They got a pretty good left tackle in Tristan Wirfs, but we understand yeah. you. We understand you played some some uh, some uh, offensive line in college. So uh, yeah, uh, what do you weigh in got, these days? So I'm two ten now. I was up to okay. three hundred pounds. I got kicked out of center. So uh, they I I couldn't snap to save my life. Like <laughs> I don't know what it was. I actually long snapped in high school. So really, but could, oh, wow. could not snap like as a center to save my life. Yeah. I don't know why. Eric, I'm is just it, curious. Um, yeah, through through three games, what what have you liked so <laughs> far about the Bucks? We've talked about some of their struggles, the run yeah. game, like you mentioned. But uh, what from what you've watched, have you liked about what Tampa Bay has been able to do? Yeah, I, like I think the offense has been good so far. I think on the run game side of things, as somebody who played O line, it takes a really long time, especially when you're going from like a power or like a pull system to to switch to zone. It's yeah. so much cohesion that you don't realize with your alignment. And there's, there's handing off blocks that you don't even kind of think about. Like it's, yeah. there's a lot of like, you know, center is going to hand it off to the guard or vice versa. Whereas like with a power scheme, you're going to double team up to a linebacker and it's, yeah. it's a little bit easier. Um, the defense has been good. I, I've been happy with the defense without a doubt. Uh, the bears game, I, I got a little bit upset upset at the end with the uh, conservative. I always feel like every time we uh, we get up by a touchdown, Todd Bowles is just like, let's sit on this bad boy until the game <laughs> is over. And it gives me a heart attack every time. I'm like, man, like, please just put the nail in somebody. Um, but, I mean, we're two and one. If you asked me at the beginning of the season, if we would have won those first two games, and I, I don't think I would have expected it. So mm-hmm. if you would have asked me if I would have thought we'd lose to the Eagles, I'd probably say, yeah. So I like where they're at. I think they've got a good shot, and I think they've got – you know, you've got time to get the run game together and, right. and figure out some of the stuff. Yeah, um, well, um, we'll get your thoughts on the Saints in just a second here, but um, make sure that you tune in tomorrow at 4 o'clock for our Thursday Peter Report podcast. The NFC South lead is on the line, Bucks and Saints, with our special guest, our partners at WFLA News Channel 8. Eileen Natchik will be joining us. She was a Saints reporter for the last couple of years, Tampa native. Now she's back in Tampa working for News Channel 8. She's been covering the Buccaneers all training camp, the preseason, and the first couple of weeks of the season, obviously. And and Eric, uh, you're also a Tampa native too. And uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your great enterprise, the Eric Gross Group. I'll let you do the commercial, right? Uh, but uh, just just <laughs> tell us tell us about. The Eric Gross Group, and, and I think what sets you apart is, and, and we're going to get into the, the giveaway here in a second. But what sets you apart is is you're, you're you're a relational guy. You want relationships. You don't look at at real estate deals as transactions. You're literally helping people not just buy a house, but find a home, find the right neighborhood, find the right 
a place that that fits your lifestyle and and you've you've got the background here in Tampa you know this area and if you can just just tell us a little about the Eric Grocery yeah no we so it's me and my wife are licensed uh, we run a team we run a multi-state team but uh, we've got our eight-year-old that helps us as well and you know we've been super blessed we treat every client like you know we would treat our own mom buying a, a home so it's one of those things where you know, we, we just try and do the best we can for all of our clients. To us, it's the biggest financial decision anybody's pretty much going to make in their lifetime. So yeah. we take it really seriously. And we just want to make sure that, you know, buying or selling a house tends to be a stressful process. Um, I like to think sometimes I'm a funny person. So I like to crack jokes. I like to, to keep the process light. I like to provide as much value as I can. But, um, you know, we... We've been super blessed and every single one of our clients we, we keep in touch with. We do client appreciation events. We do everything we can to, you know, let them know how much we appreciate them because we don't get to do what we do without them. Yeah. You got a great website, housesinfla.com. It's laid out well. You can see all your inventory there. And, and it's interesting because yeah. you can help people if they're moving from out of state into <clears throat> Florida or if they have to leave the great state of Florida, you can help them find a house in the state that they're moving to as well, not just one end of the transaction. You can be involved on both ends as well. Yeah. Yeah. Our brokerage has 89,000 agents in pretty much every city and every state. Um, and then we've actually got a multi-state team that's, you know, Eric Gross Group branded. So we're, you know, we're outside of other states as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we have a ton of people. Florida is one of those states where people are usually moving to uh, from a different state or moving right. back to, you know, another state. So, uh, you know, I think that's definitely a benefit is that we have amazing agents that we get to get to put in there. Yeah. The next home game is going to be Bucks versus Lions. And, of course, that is going to be the creamsicle game. Yeah. And you've got a creamsicle jersey giveaway <clears throat> that you are hosting, the Eric Gross Group Realty, which is the official realtor of Peter Report. And uh, in just a couple of weeks, you're going to be drawing the winner. So tell people how they can register to win this creamsicle jersey, which they get to pick out the player. They get to pick out the size and everything you're going to be taking care of, of the details, but, but how can people uh, take advantage of this opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just go to our business page. It's Eric Gross group uh, on Facebook, like it. Um, and then just, there's a, a post. It's actually this picture we posted to the top of our page. Just write a comment, Peter report or go bucks or Saints suck, whatever you want. We'll take. <laughs> um, and then share, you can share the post if you want, but yeah, no, we're, we're excited to kind of give away a jersey, just do stuff like that. I know, um, you know, I've been a Bucks fan my whole life, and you know, being able to give back to the fans is amazing. And uh, I know that actually, the Bucks game we went to on Monday was the first one my wife got to go to, so she was awesome. excited. Yeah, she was she was excited, and it was a cool experience for her. And uh, you know, she loved us. So you know, we love being able. I think we have the best fans in in the NFL without a doubt. Yeah. Well, there you go. Just make sure that you go to the Eric Gross Group Facebook page, like it. And then comment on it. You can write, go Bucks, Saints suck, <laughs> Peter <laughs> Report, whatever, whatever you want. And that will identify you as someone who is, is uh, entered to win the, the giveaway here for the, uh, for the, the creamsicle jersey from the Eric Gross group. So you know, that, that's awesome. Absolutely. Eric, really appreciate having you on. And um, you. Uh, you have a score prediction for this uh, Bucks saints game on Sunday? I hope it's like 63 to nothing and like we just absolutely bow race them. Cause like if there's a yeah. team I hate more, there's no team I hate more in the NFL than the Saints. So right. um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be defensive. I, I think the Bucks, I think Todd Bowles goes up 17, nothing sits on a lead and ends up being 17, 14. I think, okay. uh, I think we win by a field goal, but exactly. I so. do agree with you. I think it's the best rivalry in the NFC yeah. South between the Bucks and the Saints. When you include Mike Evans against Marshawn Lattimore, Carlton, we'll see if he plays, but Carlton Davis against Michael Thomas, the yep. battle in the playoffs, it's it's a bitter rivalry. I was the biggest Jameis. I love Jameis. Uh, when we drafted mm -hmm. him, I loved him. I support him all the time. When he when they beat us and he was in the, the locker room with the torn ACL dancing, yeah, I, gosh, uh, yeah. I crossed him off my list, man. I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like, do whatever you want yeah. in the NFL. Like, I, I can't support you. Uh, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate you supporting Peter Report, and we're going to support you at the Eric Gross Group. Eric, we appreciate you joining us uh, today. Thank Absolutely. you so much. And make sure that you follow uh, the Eric Gross Group and uh, follow and like the Eric Gross Group page on Facebook to register to win there. 
So, uh, boy, that was a, a, a fast, fun show, Matt. And we're going to do it again tomorrow at 4 o'clock with uh, Anlia Natchik from WFLA News Channel 8. Yeah, absolutely. Very much looking forward to it. And in the meantime, please make sure you uh, follow us on all of our social media. We are at Pewter Report on X, Threads, Facebook, and Instagram. And then our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV, where we have this podcast uh, four times a week. The Pewter Game Day Show, which is coming back again on Sunday. Various clips. So uh, please like and subscribe to Pewter Report TV. It would help us out a lot. And yeah, tomorrow... Eileen Natchuk on the show with Scott and I going to break down Bucks versus Saints even more with her side of it, having covered the Saints and now back in Tampa Bay. So uh, very excited for that tomorrow at 4 p.m. But that's going to do it for us on this show. For Eric Gross, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Slant Boy is back. We'll see Slant if Carl Boy is back. Out. Out.